Welcome back. Welcome back to another exciting edition of the Right Hook Podcast. I'm Tom Casadega, joined as always by the host of this son bitch, Right Hook Ray. Ray, how the hell are you doing today? I'm good, bro. How's everything? Can't wait. We got another banger. Uh, episode 21 is going to Hollywood for all those wrestling fans that will get that reference. Enjoy. But no, man, we got a lot to cover. A lot of uh, hopefully some good things. I'll cover some reoccurring bad things. And uh, some lingering petty things. Petty, ugly things, it seems. So it, it wouldn't be a wrestling podcast if we didn't cover all three of those aspects, right? Amen to that. <laughs> Sounds like a week in the wrestling world. Uh have a few other things as well coming your way today. Uh, first thing I want to do is we're going to start off about the main thing. Jeff Hardy was uh, arrested again under DUI. And that's... Uh, Gipper. Oh, man. So many questions. You know. Was that test that he took that came back clean fake piss was it you know somebody else's piss um so many things man i mean because you know when i when i see people instantly jumping to the gun of like oh cw is right and then other people were like oh no you know his test came back you know negative and you know he wasn't positive or anything um now what this is the first time he was busted what had been going on without him getting busted all that time? There's so many. What's next? I look. Anybody who knows me, who's listening to this show, knows I'm not the biggest Jeff Hardy fan. I've always been more of a Matt guy. I get why people love Jeff and why Jeff is this empathetic figure, but I don't like it because. Where was this empathy for Scott Hall when Scott Hall kept tripping? Where was this empathy for Jake when he kept tripping before DDP comes in and does what DDP does and that save lives? Hell, I'll, I'll even use a more current example. Where is this empathy and, oh, man, this sucks for, for either Uso because they're kind of right there too. They're right there locked in step with some of Jeff's antics and I've read stuff that because when certain people have uh I guess these problems they can get a they can get a, they can get an airlock system in their car to keep them from going and surprise surprise apparently Jeff overrode that airlock system and was driving during the day which is that's a whole other can of I I just want to know when, like, when is there going to be that, 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 that line for Jeff, like there is or was for Scott, like there was for Jake, like there is for the Usos, or hell, like, like there is with Sonny. Like, it just, I don't understand why Jeff gets, gets this, ah, Jeff, it's okay. Ah, you know, he's just a charismatic enigma. He's just, he's just doing what, He's just Jeff being Jeff, and you're probably going to hear a lot of people being themselves this 
this fucking episode. But, you know, first of all, glad no one got hurt. No one's hurt. No one died or anything. That's always a plus. Um, Kind of not surprised by Tony's statement. I know, I know they had to pretty much alter the match tonight. They had to alter their triple mania thing because I think they were supposed to appear there. Um, like, like, when and where's the hard line on Jeff to finally, like, nail home something to Jeff? Because it seems like it resonates for a while, and then there's a string of episodes that pop up that tell you otherwise. And it seems like that's always the pattern. And I just, I, I really don't know. I don't necessarily feel bad for Jeff. I mean, I know addiction's a real thing and addiction's a lifelong thing. I mean, I've, I've had a brief thing with, brief thing with pills and you've kind of been down the primrose path before, you know, you, you know, this isn't a linear one shot deal to cure all, you know, you know, it's a, a day-to-day process. And I don't know, like, what, what what triggers Jeff or what encourages Jeff or what will get Jeff to slow down. Because for the longest time, I heard it was, it was his daughter. His daughter kept him on the straight and narrow. His daughter kept him going. His daughter kept him focused. His daughter kept him dead. Pretty much the, pretty, pretty, like, pretty much the standard answer. And, well, what is it now? Because I'm going to assume she's a lot older now and she probably can hear and read and look up all of all of her father's very monumental flops and failures and blunders. So I just want to know just where's all the venom for, for Jeff like there was every time Jake got into something and Scott got into something and either Uso gets into something or or when Sonny just naturally just keeps fumbling the ball. Like, I just want to know where is that at for Jeff and why is it not there as much as it needs to be? Well, a few things I've taken away from your statement. And I know it was all set out on like love and you know, care or whatever, but I, uh, yeah, addiction just doesn't go away. No. You, and I, uh, I have eight years of sobriety and I actually you know, just celebrated my sobriety. Congratulations. I, uh, but I still know every day it's a, um, you know, life changes, things change, thoughts change on a whim. And uh, it depends on how I, I won't, I can't speak for anybody else in their addictions, but it honestly depends on how strong minded you are. And I don't know if you've seen, you didn't make reference, but that video did come out of Jeff at that little like concert hickey meet and greet venue earlier in the day when he was singing in front of his table, he was doing them shots 
and then it touched back to the video of his arrest when he says, I had about four double shots of fireball officer. Well, yeah, brother, now there's a video of you actually drinking it and your arrest video. It's all about how much you really want to be clean. It's about your personal belief. I know addicts who got clean for their loved ones, for their, like you said, kids, for their spouses, for whatever. If you don't do it for yourself, ultimately, you're never going to get fucking clean. I did it for myself because I want to be able to fucking talk. I want to be able to live. I want, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, you yeah. have to do it for yourself. You have to, you have to want to see a change in yourself. You have to want to see better in yourself. And you can't lie to yourself. And that's clearly what I think he was doing. But I didn't want to just pass over the fact of addiction is a real disease. It starts out as a choice away from a problem. Is it always the best choice? Never. But some people make not the best decisions. And it leads you into a disease. It grows from there because it's kind of like once it got its, its hands on you, you're not really going to get, get out unless you fight to fucking get out. I often actually, uh, when I ever have to talk about either my sobriety or therapy, whatever, if it's brought up, I'm actually reminded, I'll say it this way, that I was one of the lucky ones who are I have a lot of friends who lost their battle to addiction. I have a lot of friends who I can no longer really even call friends because they just lost themselves. And I have no idea what they're doing in life because of their addictions. It's, uh, it's real. It's a, uh, and it hits um, on a deeper level when it's somebody who's a big celebrity, even in our wrestling world, Jeff Hardy. There's been that record number of wrestlers with their problems. And yes, you know, people shit on Jake when he had his problems and people shit on Scott Hall and, you know, different things. And honestly, I mean, it, it, it all depends on what crowd you're looking into because there was a fair amount of like people shitting on Jeff Hardy on Twitter, the same way people were shitting on like the Usos when they got arrested and stuff, as you said. And it's, yeah, it's not as big of a crowd as it was back in the 80s and 90s, because now in 2022, it's a different understanding on what the problem is to where that hate crowd is a little bit smaller. Ultimately, that's where I was yeah. getting to. No, no, that no. Was, it's kind of like more the masses have grown to understand. And while there's ultimately still going to be that, that core group of hate, there's a lot more understanding than before. I mean, so I, you know, I, I just want, you know, stuff to be equal and obviously for Jeff to get it right. Cause I know a lot of people will be devastated if this, if this gets worse, which I, I don't, 
I don't think it will. To be to be completely honest with you, I I can see the same old Jeff pattern kind of occurring. He gets right for a while. Everybody's everybody lets their guard down. Like, oh, all right, Jeff's Jeff's solid. Jeff's good. And then there's another hiccup or another episode. I well, that's wanted, his his third DUI in five years. I was gonna say like, Florida, isn't it like isn't it like Florida, a pretty high number? It's three and five years, and in Florida, that's punishable to three and a half to five years in prison. Which is a real possibility down there. Yeah. A very so real possibility. His court date was supposed to be uh, Monday, but it's been moved till the 5th of July. So, yeah, yeah. we'll see. But, I mean... Oh. I hate that we had to start the show off with that, but that's the big news because of who it is and and the track record and all that comes with it, unfortunately. So let's hope Jeff gets it right for all the fans and more importantly for for Jeff himself. Oh yeah. A hundred hundred percent. You know, we wish him the best. What else was going on in the world of wrestling that wasn't so such a downer and kind of frustrating? Or right, actually, well, here I well, what do you actually? Want? I want you to I want to give you the stage for a certain subject that you have been banging the drum on and have been pointing out quite frequently to to us, to fans, to friends about a particular. I guess if I figure this out, wrestlers professionalism or lack thereof sometimes. Um, I got to admit, I'm, after seeing social media blow up a little bit, you coming right on the next day with a lengthy message telling me, I, I was like, there might be some smoke to this fire after all, and I just haven't seen it. So I will let you <laughs> uh, take over and get this off your chest and once again scream from your rooftops that you know we need to probably start paying attention to something to a little something because it's starting to get a little out of hand AEW <clears throat> world women's champion thunder rosa is unprofessional okay <laughs> and when i say unprofessional i don't mean her personality outside of the wrestling ring because she does good things for charity, for kids, etc. In the ring, because she's women's world champion of AEW. She thinks she's the best. And I understand, but you purposely sandbag or fuck up a move that somebody's doing to make them look bad, just to make yourself look better in the long run because you, oh, look at them, look at them botch and Oh, why am I working with them? Look at them botching. It makes you both look bad. Nobody wins in that situation. And it's not the first time that she's been called out on it. Eva Lee lost her job in AEW because she stood up against the bullshit with Thunder Rosa. I literally agree when I say hashtag Eva was right when she said Thunder Rosa didn't agree with the way that they were booking her match, but she agreed to it until they got into the ring. And she wasn't sandbagging, making it hard to do moves to her. 
So when Thunder Rosa got back on offense and put her in that headlock, Ivelisse was already annoyed. She no-sold it. She sat there with that dumb face and looked right at the hard camera and smiled while she was supposed to be selling that headlock. That cost her her job in AEW. Okay, did she handle it right by smiling at the hard camera and no-selling the move instead of going on with the match? No, but it happened. Ultimately, it happened again with Thunder Rosa wrestling Marina Shafir this past week. This past week, there was some terrible, non-botchful non moves. It was more done like it seemed on purpose. It seemed Thunder Rosa had no intention of wanting to sell really for Marina Shafir. And then after the match aired and the internet blew up about it, there was a bunch of posts about Thunder Rosa being a, a sandbagger, an unprofessional, and a crybaby about having to do moves and take moves from people because of who she was trained by. And she's the women's champion or she's the best and just this whole stance of believing you're the best in the world, it ends up being Britt Baker and a few of the other women from the AEW locker room got caught liking a bunch of these tweets about Thunder Rosa being a sandbagger and a bad worker. So now where does that leave you? When you see that your own women from your roster, <laughs> obviously like them tweets of other people, realizing the same thing that your women's world champion maybe wasn't the best choice to put the belt on after all i i gotta be honest i i've watched maybe one thunder rosa match with with, with full attention otherwise mm -hmm. it's kind of like background noise and stuff for me um but there, there, there's been some tells, some very strong tells of, of what you're saying. Um, clearly, when clearly when Tony goes with something, he sticks with it for better or for worse. Um, I got to admit, if this keeps festering and growing, he's going to have to deal with a real situation. And I, I, it might be too soon to do this. And I'm pretty sure it is for a lot of people, but maybe maybe it's time we uh, accelerate this this Jade situation and get the belt off of Rosa, put it on Jade, and put it on someone that like that like you at least know will won't have these potential incidences. Here's my thing: even you don't even have to rush the Jade thing yet. You have a whole locker room, Ruby Soho's, Athena's, all these other women who have been champions other places are experienced wrestlers that could take the belt. Serena Deeb could take the belt. Which I would be all for. Even Chris Statlander could take the belt off of Thunder Rosa and have other feuds going, still building the Jade thing, just not involving Thunder Rosa. That's completely fine with me. If Send Thunder Rose over to that new ROH reboot and have her fighting with Mercedes Martinez on Dark. I'm cool with that. That's just my personal opinion. It's based purely on what I like. 
that's it. You know what I mean? That's just full disclaimer right there. I, uh, I'm not going to say that I had a little bit of a smile on my face, but I might've been grinning when I seen the internet blowing up about the whole Thunder Rosa bullshit. It's just, uh, It's 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 time somebody else brought attention to it before something stupid happens or anything else has a chance to happen. I guess we'll say. Yeah, so just nip it in the bud. Yeah. To yeah. use an old parenting term, to nip it in the bud. Yeah. But no, I, I would be open to Jade, Statlander, Ruby, Tony, Deeb, maybe taking it off of her and sends a message that like that won't be tolerated but i i don't have that much faith in tony and in, in being that kind of person he's a very um woke person we'll say yeah. you know very. so we'll see yeah I, uh he handles everything with white gloves <laughs> you know he's like one of them little old ladies at the smithsonian you know what I mean? He like yep. don't even want to like look away because they don't want the light to hit. So they're just like, ah, real careful with everything. Yeah, yeah that's, that's pretty much him. And he tries to he tries to please everybody instead of being a full blown like. Sometimes you just have to just do it, businessman. Um, keeping it with AEW though. Yes, I have something for you. I didn't bring up off air prior when we were doing the rundown. Right. I. Wanted to ask you, uh, with running hand and foot with that new All Atlantic, or I mean, well, All Atlantic, All Elite, yeah, All Atlantic, yeah, All Elite the All Atlantic wrestling. title, yeah. So wow, yeah, I, I just botched that. But to tie in with that tournament going on right now tonight, we have Miro and Ethan Page going on. What's your favorite mid card belt anywhere ever? And who was your favorite mid-card champion of that belt? Oh, boy. Um, off the top of my head, on the spot. Um, I know it technically counts, even though I don't never view it this way because of the, the history and prestige of it. The Intercontinental title, the original, the good-looking one. And, yes, as you're pointing up to your replica, Who's the best? Um, I feel that he doesn't, his run doesn't get enough appreciation. Mr. Perfect. Nice. Very nice. Very nice. I, uh, I kind of like broke it down really fast with like a one, two, three, but it's not going to be long. It's like, no, it's fine. It's really hard for me because it's like it's my number one, but it's a one A, one B, one C, because I really, really love the WCW US title. I have that replica put away. Um, I've loved that belt since I was little. You know what I mean? I just that belt was always like so awesome to me. You know, Um, the different champions of that belt. You know. The Scott Halls, the Bret Hart's, the Ric Flair's, the Roddy Piper's. You can go down the list of 
just about every big name Hall of Famer, Eddie Guerrero, you know, the, there's so many. Yeah, Great were... names that have held that belt, even up, up until, and that belt was so beautiful. Yeah, I'm still here. Okay, yeah, you froze up for a second, sorry. And, uh, uh, with that belt, yeah, that belt is uh, my A1. And then the okay. second one is the Intercontinental title. And then the third one is the European title. I have always loved the European title. I wish they'd bring that like back. The uh, there's so many belts right now. I, I, I wish that you they would I mean? just abolish have, the 24/7 and bring back the European. The UK champion. Like I would love that. Oh. We actually lost you there for a minute. No, I no, I said I would love for them to just. Scrap this 24-7 title and bring back the European and just have it be on have, all the shows. Well, we have uh, the UK title and everything. And yeah. there's like the 24-7 title has its own storyline of being goofy and hard. Like it has the hardcore rule, but it's not hardcore. And they have, you know what I'm trying to say? The European wouldn't. I don't know if it would have that same pull as they think with this comedy belt. Cause I don't think they look at the 24 seven title as like a real title. You know what I'm trying to say? I would hope not at this point. More compared to the European title when it was there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's, that was one of the questions I had for you. I guess if I had a one B, this is mm -hmm. probably a deep cut and a bit of a throwback. Um, okay. The mid South North American title. Like, wouldn't that be technically a mid title, or would that be their main title? I've always um, been, I've always been on the fence of which way that lands. I think it is looked at as a mid card title, but in that area, like in, in that, that territory, territory it, was, it was the main title. It was okay. their top belt. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, because you had your world champion of them areas of that territory. But in each territory, they had like a belt, like North Pacific Heavyweight Title, you know, the fucking South Louisiana Heavyweight Championship. You get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Um, because when we when we covered the episode on Strange Days about my childhood wrestling, I have a story about my infatuation with that. So we'll talk about that. I. Uh, it's a funny little story, but yeah, there's there. You're and exactly also right. Another one that I think levels. doesn't get enough pub. Um, yes. That I that just hit me now. Shame on me for not thinking of it earlier. Um, the ECW television title and yeah. Rod Van Dam's run. Oh, that one's a classic. Just just because of RVD dream, and just the length of time and how it never got stale. The original was, TV title or the remake TV no, title? The the original during the heyday when Rod Van Dam has it for 22 months and it never was boring. Yeah. 
hit me with a Google picture of what belt you're talking about. Are you talking about the one that they just made with the Bam Bam figure? No. I'm going to look it up right now. Oh, come on, phone. All right. Are you talking about the one Malenko had? It might have been that. I'm going to send it to you now. I know nobody can see it. No, just it. pull it up and show me right here on the oh, If you can see it. Screen. Show me right here on screen. That way I don't have to wait and try and get through my service and whatnot. What? What the fuck? No, I see fucking Booty Giuliani on your phone. Yeah, I don't know why I fucking did that. Yeah. Oh, red bastard. Okay. Man. There, there we go. You don't, don't care if a girl's racist. You're like, man, screw this. That's the boat I just came with the Bam Bam figure. Okay. Just a titch. Can you see a little better? I know yeah, that's player. that's the that's the belt that just came with the Bam Bam Bigelow figure they just released in the uh, Mattel Legends line. Oh, okay. And uh, yeah, that's a decent belt. That's a decent belt. It um, it sucks how everything ended with ECW. I actually just watched something about that today. Brian Zane covered one of the pay per views from 2000 towards the end. Oh. And he covered the story about Van Dam hurting his leg, and then they pulled the belt from him after so long, and then Tajiri won the belt, and then they had that stupid storyline, and then they took the belt off Tajiri, they stripped him of the belt, and then they had some weird, uh, they just gave it to Rhino because uh, like Steve Carino didn't want it or something, and it just they just gave it to Rhino, so that's how, and then. ECW wasn't okay with the authority just giving the belt to Rhino, so then they had to have a match for the belt. They have a fucking match for the belt. Rhino destroys Tajiri, and then he's the official champion. And then he just moves on to the world title. And I... I that was during like his, his monumental build that makes Rhino Rhino. He was the man beast of beast. that if you remember the the authority of ECW, they were yep. the, the the network. Remember yeah. the network? Cyrus. And yes, Cyrus bring in Rhino with you know Jack Victory and mm. Steve Carino and all that shit. Yeah. But anyway, that's cool that you bring that coincidence up. Because that was just covered today, actually. I just watched that video earlier, Brian saying. Um yeah. Shit. Um that was a random subject. Sorry, we got a little bit off track there. Um, yeah, I don't know. I love stories like that about old belts and yeah. you know, stuff like that. Another underrated belt, randomly, before we get too far gone, the Cruiserweight title of the remake. The WWF, like, WWE, I'm sorry, like 2003 Cruiserweight title. Okay. I vaguely you know remember that phase, and that was when Ray, Ray was coming in or Ray was in already. Ray came in okay. Oh, two. So he came in like right in the peak of that SmackDown Cruiserweight boom. And it was like Ray, Chavo, Jamie Noble. And then you can just go down the list of like Hurricane and then like Kid Cash and 
Tajiri and, you know, go down the list, Funaki. And, you know, there's so many names that are like, um, we know for one way or another. So, yeah, I'd have to look that up because I, I vaguely remember that time period. The only I thing I know is that, is that it was pretty much Ray's. It was like the first phase of Ray. In WWE I have that belt. I have that belt, actually. So maybe next week I will uh, pull out some belts and bring them in for the... Uh, actually, <laughs> I grabbed this to show you to see if I can find the belts, and it was right there on the first like opening of the page. Nice. Yeah, I remember that title. Oh. It was nice and subtle. It just worked. Yeah, it was like the modernization of the WCW Cruiserweight title. And I uh, I don't know. I loved it. Just like the SmackDown Blue tag titles, the first ones that Angle and Benmore won. Yeah. You remember what I'm talking about with them? Yeah, with well, like the blue, I guess, writing or font and all the they blue were so nice. stuff. It looked like the old school belt, but it had that blue undertone to everything. Yeah. Yeah. Open that magazine and it's Cruiserweight Chaos. And it talks all about the Cruiserweight Division boom of 2003. Right. How cool is that? Because, like I said, that's one of my favorite years. And I had that magazine here in the office and I picked it up to show you. And there it is everything i just talked about but uh yeah we could go on and on and uh, talk for days about that stuff let's get a live dynamite look in with ray all right um they're opening up the aw dynamite road rager episode with the hair match with ortiz and jericho there's chaos going on outside and yeah, it's pretty much the GAS fighting Kingston and Kingston and Blackpool Combat Club. It's more mess outside. Jericho and Ortiz are down and out. It's paid by the number, so <laughs> nothing, nothing special's happened yet. Well, Kingston just Kingston just did the spinning back fist punch to Jericho and Let's see if Ortiz gets the haircut. No, man, it's a two count. Almost got it. <laughs> Ortiz is going to end up with his head shaved, I think. Yeah, tonight. I'm pretty sure Ortiz is going to get the haircut. I was going to say, I don't think Jericho just had all that time getting his hair fixed to have it shaved. Yeah. If you yeah, get what I'm trying I'm to say. Pretty sure it's hard to cut off a weave. So, <laughs> he had uh, yeah, yeah, that bald work done in the front, so. Yeah. Um. <laughs> what do you have for us? I mean, other than that, um, oh, wow. And uh, I want to say uh, Del Fuego, whatever, just came Fuego in. Fuego Del Sol? Yeah, he just came in and hit Ortiz with Floyd, and Jericho wins. Wow. You know, the crowd's kind of in shock. He comes over, joins Jericho, or it looks like 
Fuego. It could no. It looks like him. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's Danny it's Garcia. Little dude. Yeah, he's pretty small. Yeah, then it's probably really Fuego if he's in full Fuego gear like that. Yeah, and not just a mask. Yeah, yep. He he he's in full gear. He hits Ortiz with Floyd. Jericho wins, and they're walking up the aisle. I don't know when they're gonna cut Ortiz's hair, but oh. It's Sammy. It was Sammy Guevara. It was Sammy Guevara. So it looks like Sammy's joining the Appreciation Society or is helping him out. An old inner circle tie-in. There you go. Wow. Holy shit. Hey, he flips him off and... We're off and running. <laughs> Not a bad way to start dynamite off, I guess. Yeah, wow, I'd say. And that's our live dynamite look in with Ray. Wow, that, right that's fantastic. They, got, they have a barber in the ring. I use okay. that term loosely. Uh, Ortiz got up. So it looks like Jericho and them are not cutting his hair. This barber is supposed to cut his hair, which probably means that he won't do it, but I wouldn't be surprised if Ortiz is crazy enough to do it. He's pulling out pulling out the rubber band and letting out those, those really locked-in dreads, which I don't think any clipper could, could really go through. Well, yeah, or, or Ortiz is cutting off his dreads. He's cutting them off by just by himself. And he's, he's about to cut a promo. He's got the buzzers, and he's Taking it to his head, just straight up, like no fucks given. <laughs> he is cutting his hair. Holy shit. That is, uh, that's something else. So, yeah. So Ortiz cuts his own hair and he's just, he's going back shit insane. Him and Kingston. That is a very shocking moment right there to start yeah. dynamite. I'd say this is what we do on the show. We do our live dot our live dynamite check in. So sometimes there's not much to report. Sometimes it's fun shit like this. Amen to that. Wow. Um, like I know we brought up the All Atlantic title. Yes. Can we? If we had to put a bet on Fanduel. Can we put a safe bet that that's supposed to be Miro's title? Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> like, like it yeah. certainly can't be anyone else's title but his, right? They haven't even announced the other two New Japan stars yet. And I really oh, don't. Oh, that's even, right. I really don't even care who they are because I honestly think Miro's just going to end up winning. I, I don't want to say anything like as compensation or anything, but like. He needs to be in a better feature. And if they really yes. want that belt to get off, there is the good way of him being champion. You know what I mean? Because it, it's probably a safe bet after tonight. Wardlow's probably going to be in that TNT title picture because once he uh, blows through the 20 yeah, I could, security I could, guard nonsense. I could see Wardlow definitely beating Scorpio Sky. 
instead of just having like a full blown feud, it, it'd be like one match. A one match destruction. That's maybe two before he takes the belt and just kind of moves on to another feud. And yeah, the Speaking whole Wardlow versus twenty plaintiffs is ridiculous. Yeah, that's sorry. It's gonna be twenty local wrestlers. You yeah, know and they're it's all gonna be so shitty. So it's twenty local, I guess, talent enhancers enhancement. They're all circling or surrounding local ringside. Wrestlers. Warlow's in. Uh, I hope they don't fuck this up. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be shitty all around. I didn't expect otherwise. Honest to God. Um, Thank God this is the end of it. So I really hope Mark Sterling doesn't continue to have a feud with Wardlow, though. So all right, they're all they're all getting on the see where that they're goes. all getting on the apron simultaneously. They're doing the whole shield circling the ring thing. Wardlow slowly clearing house. There's like a couple of big dudes, which I'm sure he'll just destroy. They're all in. They attack. Don't mind the uh, technical difficulties tonight. No, Sorry about yeah, them. it happens. We're doing our best here, folks. Warlow's pretty much wiped out the whole gang. Now he's going to do it piece by piece. And that's pretty much it. I'm sure there will be a healthy number of power bombs and Warlow leaves on top. <laughs> yeah, I will. Uh... <laughs> I wasn't really interested in seeing Wardlow versus the 20 local wrestlers. Yeah, you know? I wasn't either. I was like, I was like, let me see how how awful this could look. And it yeah. uh, lived up to expectation. But boom. Yeah, there, there's probably <laughs> gonna be like some random funny where he hits somebody with a ridiculous move or something, but yeah, and like knocks them out of their shoes or power. Like when he was in that cage, he threw that kid. He was supposed to just throw him against the cage, and he threw him to oblivion. The kid disappeared. He got stuck in between the cage and the ring. I don't like using this term, but he just spine busted the living crap out of what looks like a what looks like looks like a midget wrestler. He just literally just. Ragdoll spine busted the living life out of this poor guy. Same oh, no. guy, he's just power bombed to death. And now, and now, and now the power bomb symphony starts. He's just dishing him out to multiple security guards. Oi, oi. So this this may not even be like five minutes. It shouldn't be anyway. And he's probably gonna do the Roman Reigns, stack them. Stacks three guys, match over. I think it's over, or they're just going to go out piece by piece, apparently. All right, apparently he just wiped out three, and there's still more to come. So he's just going to do it systematically. It's not one pin. He's, he's got to eliminate all 20. Apparently. Oh, okay. Okay. So he's knocked out three. He's got... Three more in the rings, like the power bomb of fourth. Stack up the four. And now he's gotten rid of seven. <laughs> All right. Anyway, <laughs> Wardlow being Wardlow doing Wardlow things. Yeah, that um is 
very AEW. They are yeah, they're all in. They're definitely playing Wardlow. the hits. <laughs> they are all in on Wardlow. As long as they don't fuck this up, I'm a okay with it. They're this is a small hiccup that they can recover from. I hope. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I hope that it's just the uh, the end of it. You know, and I hope, hope he doesn't continue to feud with like Mark Sterling or anything anymore after this. I hope it's just kind of the end of it at this point. But let's go to some more fun ideas and optimism and possibilities. The Forbidden Door is around the corner. I want to double check myself. Actually, I'm actually, you were right. It is actually coming up here next Sunday. Bada boom. Next, yeah, the, the 26th, I think. And there hasn't been a lot announced. They're kind of fast track, fast tracking some stuff. Uh, the now internet, Tony. the internet crazy promo of Jay White calling out Hangman. They're clearly trying to do like last minute Survivor Series booking there. I'm assuming there'll be some kind of interaction. At, 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 at that show with Hangman and Jay White. Um, it's probably, they probably did that because they probably couldn't come to some smart conclusion with anything, anything with Okada, which is, which is probably best because if, if you don't have anything solid for him, then just don't have him there. Just make us wait more. Um, I do have an interesting angle that I think it could be done and it would make sense. With the Moxley-Tanahashi dream match, would it be out of the realm of possibility that Tanahashi wins, he holds the interim title until Punk comes back and we get Punk-Tanahashi to basically decide the undisputed AEW champion? I mean, since, we, since technically that was the original matchup. Yeah, but I don't know if it was for the title at first. Well, like let's just add that as just an added bonus. Well, it is now because yeah. Tanahashi's literally in the AEW world title match. My whole thing is why? Why would you want to do that with your world title? Because only your diehards are going to even know who Tanahashi is. So if you hurry up and put the title on him, interim or not, if you do that, you're going to have to explain so much more to your fans who have no fucking clue about this old Japanese man who's dressed like a (laughs) 20-year-old. Jesus. God. (laughs) We went straight for the jugular. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm sorry for fucking losing it. Because that was so that was such a Mortal Kombat finish you like Stephen. Just Jesus. <laughs> but I mean, wouldn't they have time? to at least run some B-roll and do little promos and vignettes and video packages of him, like, 
like like throughout the summer, maybe have him come back once or twice in the summer. Like, isn't like oh, isn't so that you're a saying you're saying put the fucking interim title on Hiroshi Tanahashi? No, send no, him I'm back not. to Japan and play videos all summer about this fucking guy who's your world champion over in Japan. Your world champion is some old Japanese twenty year old man over in Japan. He's not even okay. wrestling here. You're saying send him home? What the fuck? No, that's a terrible idea. Put the fucking belt on Moxley. Lick they did it with Lesnar. They Brock oh. did it. Brock did it for a whole year. What the fuck? <laughs> and we're comparing Brock Lesnar to Hiroshi Tanahashi right no, now. What I'm the, being, what the fuck sarcastic. happened to this show? This episode just derailed really fast. <laughs> be sarcastic, and I'm saying it as it, it could, could it be in the realm of possibility that Tony would do that? Would you put that past him? Okay, without other people in his ear going, "No, don't do that." Oh, yeah, I could see his little weird ass with, like, he had it written in a notebook somewhere when he was, like, 11. You know what I mean? Just kind of like me and names. you. Kind of like me and you and most well, fans. That's, like his 11 whole, 12. that's his whole MO. He says he's had Dynamite written since he was 11. And he has, like, 18 years of wrestling written or something. And he's just going back and going off of what he wrote when he was a kid and just changing around some names. Well, now he has more of a circle around him that's kind of like, no, let's not do that. You know what I'm trying to say? Like he has more of a wiser mind. So hopefully there's people in there that are like, no, let's not do what Ray just said and put the title <laughs> on, you know, this K-pop old man and send him back to Japan. <laughs> and then we'll play video <laughs> packages, fucking video packages of our world champion who's in Japan. Nah. <laughs> I'd rather have Moxley have the belt and him going around telling people to go fuck themselves for a week, you know, or for a which few I'm months, fine whatever. with. I'm fine with Moxley holding holding the strap. I'm just saying I'm not putting what I just put out there past these guys to think that that's a cooler idea because they have done similar crazier things before so far in their infancy. Yeah, Would it I agree. make it better. I, I agree with that that they've done more weirder things, and so has New Japan. And thank God we didn't go back to your Brock Lesnar comment. But <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I, I don't he know. He was literally I, gone for a whole year. <laughs> he only showed up it, three times a year. <laughs> that's nothing. That's absolutely. It was he was a WWE guy who was established in WWE for twenty years. Before he won the title, and they had another world title there, so it wasn't like they were really missing much <laughs> when he sat in Saskatchewan and only came back for a few times. Two what? completely different fucking games. That's like saying, comparing two video games of the complete opposite spectrum, like saying Madden 02 is as good as Mortal Kombat 3. What? Because they're both video games? You can't compare them because they're both <laughs> video. No, what you. Just because they were both fucking wrestlers that only come around so often or you want him to come around so often. No, no, no. No, no, no. Let me shut that shit down. No, no, Kinda no. Hoshley's established. In AEW? Who the With the AEW feet? the diehards of AEW know exactly. about Hiroshi Tanahashi. 
and, give me and, a one cat walk into a fucking mall and go and that's all they care about that's all they care about is the ew faithful yell hiroshi tonahashi you're going to get people looking at you thinking you're a terrorist and you're going to go to jail they're not going <laughs> to look oh where's he at no they're going to be like who the fuck's bombing this place what's happening he's yelling terrorist words <laughs> A part of me want part of me wants to try that, but 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 then the problem is we probably won't be doing a podcast for a while. <laughs> Ding. <laughs> Ding. Uh-huh. Fuck around, find out. You want to set yourself back a couple you know thousand bucks? Go ahead. Walk into a mall and yell some shit like that. Uh-huh. But if you walk into that same mall and yelled, Hulk Hogan. You're gonna have people falling over the banister trying to look. What if it was Okada? <laughs> Okada, they're gonna think that there's the new sushi place opening up, <laughs> Hibachi down around the corner. <laughs> he must have had a really good dinner. <laughs> I'm so glad I got there. <laughs> An old K pop man, which is so wrong because it's. Two different things. <laughs> There's old people that try and dress hip. Whether you're it's, Japanese, it's, whether you're it's American. It's also called a midlife crisis, possibly. And that's, have you seen that man? He has frosted tips in 2022. Hasn't he always had frosted tips? Bro, it's 2022, exactly. <laughs> Maybe in fucking 2000 it worked. <laughs> Come on now with the fucking no strings attached, man. Lance Bass. We're only here when you get the aging K-pop man with a Lance Bass reference. Only on the right of the podcast. I'm telling you. Top that, I'm people. fucking telling Top you. Top that. Boom. Fucking made an insane reference here, folks. We Mic hit drop. all demographics, damn it. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. <laughs> but no, but all right. So we're here. What other matches seem the Rhino Pot is for everybody? Yes. All right. <laughs> what other matches seem to be or could be definite? To, because Look, I'm going to assume they have they, to fill this card. They, They announced some. Uh, they announced some. I is it sad that like I don't know I, I that I don't know because the whole or I really of, don't care to know at this point because yeah, it seems like there it's been so lackluster of any kind of build that feeling of that dream pay per view of AEW New Japan crossover is so. I won't say watered down at this point, but it's so not exciting at this point. You get what I'm trying to say? It's it it's like it lost his excitement on that. Got something I mean, going on in the ring. Yeah. Uh, looking in, quick dynamite looking, there's a potentially good match going on. It's Dax versus Will Offspring. Hmm. And Dax is giving him a good wrestling lesson. Gotta admit Dax Harwood and yeah. Dax Harwood and um Will Ospreay, huh? Yeah. 
little bit shocked with that. I don't know if that's... We're having a little bit of technical difficulties right now with Ray. Yes. So, yeah, that's going on. I don't know if that's leading to anything. I don't see cash out there. So, and I don't see anybody from United Empire out there either, which is interesting. Maybe they want to give us a good wrestling match, and that's why they're not, uh, don't want no bullshit, you know? It's always good. Yeah. To get an actual good wrestling match. One thing yeah, I will that... talk about. Oh, good. No, no, I was saying, and that was another quick little look in at Dynamite. A good wrestling match that, that really should please the masses. Hell yeah. I I don't know if you will know what I'm talking about when I bring this up. Have you seen Hey EW yet? Have I seen what now? <laughs> on there's a show on YouTube called Hey EW. Okay. Like instead of AEW, it's Hey EW. Yeah. And it's hosted by RJ City. And he's a how am I trying to say this? He's a character. Let me just say that. He's a... He's a personality. He's a living, breathing personality. Yes. And he does these interviews and they are off the wall. Okay. He had FTR on this past Sunday because they're every Sunday. And I just rewatched this morning and it's why it's prominent in my head now. He... Asked Dax Harwood about the truck in when they first came in, how they drove yeah. in on, in that truck. That really badass Dax, pickup truck. Yep. And Dax Harwood just kind of shot at the hip and was like, well, apparently our entrance was really cool. A lot of people liked it, but it was during the pandemic, so it didn't really get over since there was no people there. But because the internet buzz was so big on it, Cody Rhodes got a bug up his butt and said, well, their entrance was cool, but I need more pyro. So then he got more pyro, and then AEW that same week told FTR, we don't have any more money in our budget to keep renting that truck, so we're just going to have you guys have a normal entrance from now on. Wow. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, I didn't expect that, but that was just a real quick, like, it was said a lot quicker in the context of the interview, but it just went from being a joke kind of light mooded interview to like a quick serious bit and then right back to the comedy you know what i'm trying to say like he took a real shot and i haven't seen it mentioned anywhere anywhere and that's a, i don't know if because it's not a a big watched thing yeah. i don't know but if you watch it you'll catch that and you'll be like what the fuck yeah it just it, it's real quick out of nowhere and then just they're back to laughing seconds mm -hmm. later. So I know you're a fan of the FTR. I am. So I will check I think, that out. I think you might like that. Hell yeah. So, um, man, any big plans for the weekend? Um, probably the usual. Uh, we're probably going to do. Uh, well, one of those days, our strange days recording, uh, 
if there's any playoff basketball left, uh, if there's a game seven on Father's Day, I'll check that out, even though uh, the Celtics have got me fucking nervous. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, probably do my use to do my adult adulting laundry, cleaning up, being an adult, being boring as watching paint dry. Probably have to work a little bit this weekend to make up for a day off during the week. And then uh, probably just hang out. Shoot the shit. Um, I think there's some plans on Sunday. I have to double check, but that's pretty much it. What's going on down there this weekend? I, I mean, I mean, technically, it technically it is your weekend. It's Father's Day weekend, so it's got to be something lined up or something looming, right? Um. So we have a uh, we have a birthday party to go to for. Uh... my wife's cousin's kid's birthday on Father's Day. We're going to do that. Um, uh, I I'll, I don't I'm trying to find my right words. I don't really have I, I don't get a big fuss for Father's Day. Um, Isn't that the general vibe for Father's Day, like in general? Yeah, I mean, I, uh, um, I'm trying to, like I said, find the right words. I am lucky enough to have my son a lot more of the time, and, um. With all due respect, I don't think that's in his mom's repertoire to do something for Father's Day yet. Um, just because of the uh, circumstance, we'll say. But I am very much looking forward to when Tommy is older and I get them sweet homemade cards you know what I mean? The kick-ass drawings and that fun stuff. So, um, uh, leave one, take one. Take a penny, leave a penny. Fair we'll enough. Leave it at that. We'll leave Fair it at enough. that. I, uh, we're going to go and enjoy this birthday party. Hopefully there's some good food at least. That's like the very least, right? You know, at least... You know, at least get one of those, uh, some... take home plates that you eat later on in the night. You know, hell yeah, some grub, hell yeah, damn right. Um, yeah. Other than that, really nothing special at all. There, you know what I mean. It's just kind of like the uh, notch it up as another weekend. Yep. You know, another um, another day at the office. Yeah, exactly that. You know what I mean? I uh, <laughs> it would be a uh, a fantastic Father's Day if I was able to just do my paperwork in the office. You know, <laughs> God, and, it sounds like uh, such a father. I, <laughs> God, you know what I mean? are batting a thousand tonight. <laughs> I um, I'm telling you, man. Like I have my kid throughout the morning and everything. Uh, his mom will take him in the evening and then just, uh, just I'll be, let me just 
the rest of the night by myself in my office is perfect for me. You know what I mean? I uh, can, can I just I start calling you Carl Fredrickson from up? <laughs> <laughs> can I just start calling you that? Hey man, I, uh, Mr. Fredrickson from up. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, uh, I, I even say this. I was always like, Oh, when I'm a dad, I'm going to, I'm not going to be, yeah, no, that it happens. You end up being that old guy, regardless in one way, shape or form, whether it's you're excited over a power tool or you're excited over cleaning or you're excited over getting to spend time in your office or whatever it is. There's always that one dad trait that you end up getting after some time of being a dad. And uh, I don't know. I have a few of them. We'll say that. I definitely have a few of them. And uh, cutting the grass and getting my time in my office are two of the things that I love because they are peace. And when I say peace, that's no disrespect to my son or his mother. That is uh, me saying I can just put on my music in my headphones and uh, insert that Dreamweaver song. It just kind of like takes you onto like a daydream type of thing. Yeah. You get to use your imagination. You get to, you get to try to say, I get lost in my own thoughts as I'm doing the, you know, cutting the grass and uh, just sitting in here in my office. I'll put on music and stuff, you know, while I'm writing like the show logs for the week or, you know, anything like that. Or I'm writing out the bylog for a fucking strange days. Um, I just, I don't know, whatever I'm doing or if I'm sitting in here drawing, like, Whatever it ends up being, I, uh, it's so nice. It's so nice. But yeah, I always thought I was never going to be one of them dads to do that. And I remember also saying, I was never going to be one of them dads that got like annoyed with, um, like younger kids. And then TikTok came along. And I'm that grumpy old man that's like, fucking TikTokers. You know what I mean? <laughs> I can't that's me fucking, too. Uh, that's me too. The thing is, I don't have TikTok. I have no desires to get it. Me neither. I'm me neither. Like, I, I wouldn't know how to work that. I've never had no Snapchat or no Pinterests or nothing like that. Or, I do I've have had, those to look up cooking recipes. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Never been there. Never been there. I Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And it went in that order. From MySpace, I went to Facebook. And then after so long, I added the Instagram thing after years of back. And then I added Twitter. And uh, yeah, that was it for me. That was plenty of enough for me. I don't even like having that much social media as it is. And if we weren't public figures, it would be a different thing. I, I don't even know if I would have social media to begin with. My... My personal, now, to be honest with you, my personal social media is connected to my dad's memorial page. And I use to keep up on his memorial page with like, if people leave comments and I keep it up. So it's like, if my mother wants to comment something on there or if uh, one of his old friends want to comment something, you know what I'm trying to say? It's still up. But if I deactivate my social, it takes that away. And I don't want gotcha. that to happen. I um, I recently had to block my mother out of my life on Facebook because sometimes certain people just don't need to be on. That's a real thing of like, 
you know, you get phone calls from your family like, your aunt told me she poked you on Facebook. Did you poke her back? <laughs> what the fuck? That's when you know it's time to like kind of move away from the Facebook when you, you know, when the old people are getting into figuring out what poking is and, you know, can't figure out what messaging is and posting and it's so many. Okay. I, um, little things like that added up and I had to block my mom. I just, listen, just you go live your social media life over there. I'm going to keep mine here. In doing so, it blocked her from my dad's memorial page. I didn't know that. And when it blocked her from the memorial page, it, uh, I guess that was the, you know, obviously the wrong thing or whatever, but my mom didn't know how to handle social media. So I had to block her and it took her away from that memorial page. And that made her react 50 times more of the little child type. And I, uh, had to tread that water lightly. We'll say. I could personally do without. It doesn't really bother me. I know people will rip on it, but still use it. It's a double-edged sword. It could be a good thing if people choose to use it that way. That's like with anything in this world. So I see it as a good thing if you do it for the right things. Thank you. I agree. So I'm just... I get annoyed with with the people like ah oh, social media is the root of all evil. It does this. It's like it's like shut off. Like, I will shut say off. I'm so glad that so social media papers and magazines too. I'm so glad social media did what our parents thought the internet was going to do to us. It did it to them because Pretty much. it's all yeah. It's all the older people that are all like er in their phones and having their statuses and their drama and all that all on fucking Facebook. You get what I'm trying. It's not a young kid thing to do that anymore. It's it's you see the class of 1983 arguing mm-hmm. on fucking Facebook. You get what I'm trying to say? <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I just it wasn't my big cup of tea, to be honest. And honest with you. Since day one, to be honest with you. I have it. I've had it for other reasons, like family and whatnot. And... But that's a whole other story for another day. There's deeper layers to each reason why. But I think we all have our own. And with that being said, let's take it over to our favorite segment of the week. Give thanks for being thankful. Ray, the hell's something you're thankful for this week in your life? Oh, um... I'm going to try to word this as best as I can. And I, I'm usually all right with this, but uh, uh, this weekend, this particular holiday is not really a fond holiday of mine um, because, because my dad was not around. He hasn't been around for a while. We're not, he's not dead or anything. He just chooses not to be around. Let's just PC it up. Um, so I, I have a very jaded take on this holiday. Um, but over the years, I think I've kind of 
step back and soften my stance on it and like appreciate the people I know who are dads or friends I know that are dads or the father-like figures that are that have been in my life or been around my life or that are out there and um I just really want to thank everyone that is like a positive influence in that way to me like you uh my other friend Marcel my 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 best friend Mike and Joseph um Bob you know I, there's so many people like, like, I, like, I'd have to have a separate episode to thank all the guys that are, like, fathers and father-like figures and are, like, big brother influences to me and just are positive influences in, in that particular department because there's a lot of negative influences and negative connotations around dads. And, you know, guys like you and everyone else I just mentioned and everyone that I didn't mention, I, I'm sorry, I just don't have the time to rattle off names but you know just to thank you guys for being being that reassuring factor that 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 really is needed in like a lot of people's lives so i'm thankful for that i'm thankful for being able to interact with those being able to interact and know you guys well thank you thank you very much i probably can proudly speak behalf on everybody else when they say thank you too you know it's always a very good compliment to get a to get recognized you know for being a you know a good father um that's one thing that i've always wanted was to be in you know an absolute good father no matter what to my son and I didn't fully understand it. I don't even think I still fully understand it. But the minute he was born, it was something completely different. It's the we. I I don't think I could ever actually explain exactly what I mean with that because it was just that that first minute I got to hold him. I everything changed. Every priority, every decision, every everything for the rest of your life changed because now you have that little boy or little girl who's going to look up to you forever. And in my case, I got to have my little boy after just losing my dad and I got to carry on our name. And there was so much emotion into it. And we didn't even find out that we were having a boy. We went into it blind. The neutral colors and everything, just so we didn't spoil the surprise. And he came out and the nurse said, there you go, dad, you can announce it. And I looked down and I seen he was a boy and I started crying, ugly crying. And I looked. And I looked at my wife and I said, it's a boy. And I looked up to the sky and I did the point and I said, there he is, dad. And that's probably one of the best moments of my life, hands down. For the rest of my life, I'll think of that moment. And like I said, I don't think I'll ever be able to fully put it into words. It's something so magical and beautiful. It's 
undescribable fully. And that's what I'll be thankful for this week. Being able to see that process of being his dad, you know, being a dad and, uh, You know, doing it to the fullest. I mean, I, I I tell you this off air so much. It's it's pretty much a broken record how how good of a father you are and great of a job that like you do. Even if it doesn't seem like you are, you really do. And I just I just just want you to know that even if it's on air or off air, that it couldn't be more true than anything that I've ever thought. So just. Thank you for that. Thank you, brother. But uh, with that, I guess we'll wrap up the show. With that being Uh-oh. said, send them home, right? All right. You can follow us on Twitter at the right hook pod. Use the hashtag the right hook. Or you can email us at rhrpodcast1 at gmail.com. And uh, with that being said, I'm right hook Ray. I'm Tom Castadega. We'll see you guys next week. Have a good one. ACS.